Welcome to the Jimbo Slim Experience. We roll in. Um. I'm drinking hot tea. So, howdy, hey gamers. Um, it's your boy Jimbo Slim here. Sorry for the um, absence. I apologize, gamers, but we're back. We're surviving. I don't know. It's been a long quarantine, you know. We're just gaming. We're all we're all gamers, and we're gaming through this thing called life. It doesn't matter if you play GTA roleplay. It doesn't matter if you play checkers or tic tac toe or Pokemon or Fortnite, because we're all the same, okay? And it's not on me to shame anybody for that. I mean, gaming's a choice, okay? You're not born a gamer, it's a choice. And, you know, it's a lifestyle, and I support that. It's good tea. But yeah, it's uh, a lot of stuff's been going on in my life. Just graduated from college. Um, bit of a bummer. Uh, but you know, staying alive. But I don't know. Uh, things are just getting back, getting, been, getting, getting, getting back to normal <coughs> where I've been living. They just opened the library. I've been spending a lot of time at the library uh, reading, going through my email. Haven't gone through my email in so long. Um, what else has been going on? Doing a lot of biking, you know, working on my thick thighs, just staying tough, just staying strong. Uh, been good on my habits. Been journaling a lot. Journaling has been saving my mind because I am a chitty, chatty motherfucker. I just keep talking all the time. Uh, some people tell me it's a bit much, uh, which I agree. It's a bit much for myself. Uh, so I journal and the journaling has been a lifesaver because all the shit that you want to tell your friends or your parent or therapist, you know, therapist, good way to go to just write it down. You're basically talking to yourself, which is not always a bad thing. You know, it's even people that do talk to themselves. I can respect it because, you know, they're at least having a dialogue, even if it's a monologue, you know? But journaling, it's so good because then you think through what you're saying. Like, I will make dotted lists of like, oh, I did, even if it's like not something traumatic or something worth like stress, everything in life needs to be processed in its own way. And doing that for me helps. Like, I I wrote down that, you know, I went to like four parties or in a row or whatever. And I noticed that like just over graduation weekend, four days, you know, and I like drank so much beer, like like from last Friday to Monday, I had consumed so much beer. And see, I'm complaining about my, all right, I'm just talking about my journaling therapy. But I I had beer, like I got shit-faced every night. I'm a Russian and German and Irish. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of the alcohol. I'm white, so I got a lot of the alcohol genes in there so I can handle my, my share. But paired with that, I had nicotine, I had weed, you know, and it was so much at once. Not that that's all bad, but four days and I just felt so horrible. The The last day, I went to my friend's birthday party and God bless him. His family paid for the meal or Monday, I think. And God, I made the biggest mistake because I, I had some weed that earlier a little. 
And I smoked a little too much, admittedly, got a little anxious, a little disassociative. And I just started, like, fucking doing Naruto praying and shit. And we went to this this diner. It was good, really good. But I made the made mistake of ordering a, a mango margarita. And they didn't come in just, like, regular, like, you may not be able to see it if you're a listener. But if you're a, a listener, you're also a viewer because you're viewing your your position. No discrimination there. But I have a cup. Hot tea. It's a pretty big Starbucks cup. But these motherfucking drink cups were like, you know, they were like really big boob size, I think. You know, like at least half the size of a regular bowling ball. And goddamn, like, like other people have beer. That's fine. But I had a margarita, a slushy. That thing destroyed me. It was like five Mike's Hards. And, sl- and and they didn't give me a straw first. So I was like drinking with my, the side. And I was getting brain freeze the whole time. And that is not something you want when you're crossed. Oh my God. But to my point, I journaled this. I realized that, you know, I felt a little weird disassociative because it was like Friday, drinking and smoking with friends. Saturday, drinking and smoking with friends. Saturday, drinking and smoking with friends. Monday, drinking and smoking with friends. It's fun. But it can be a little wearisome. And I'm an introvert. And I do admittedly need a little space to myself or I start going a little crazy. I'll be silly, you know, and shit and fuck around. But that fuck around time is like draining. Not in a bad way. It's just the connotation is just it's like I'm a battery. And however you use it, it's going to need to be recharged. And need I say that I'm a gamer. And I'm a doctor, but I'm running out of patience, you know? That's how I feel sometimes. But to the main point, though, journaling's good. A lot of things, you know, deal with family stuff, deal with friends stuff, deal with life things. We're all depressed about something at one point or another, and it's just kind of good to get that out there. Uh, I've definitely gotten the thing, you should see a therapist. Or you should, have you been seeing one? That type of shit, you know? Because I'm a crazy and wild and crazy guy, you know? But it's um, <laughs> it's good to have these outlets. Also, meditation's very good. Because this is what I've been trying to do. At least this is what I did yesterday. It was pretty good. It was like I was on uh, some Zannies or something. I don't know. I, I, I just spent like an hour and a half basically complaining in a book. Um, about my life in this journal and I was just like going I ate 12 pages at least you know Uh, I don't think there's that many good comedy bits but it was interesting and then I meditated and usually when I meditate I'll be overthinking shit like when you're trying to sleep you're like oh my god that level in Resident Evil 2 oh I didn't get the I didn't get that extra ammo and and I uh, you know you'll think about random shit like this and I will do the same thing in meditating. It'll always feel like you're not using your time appropriately. Like you need to be focusing. Like you need to be thinking because that's work, you know. And in this quarantine, it, all you, you can do is think, you know. And that's compensating for work, I guess. But when I, I dumped my brain in this journal and <coughs> meditated, it was like there was no excuses. It was like there are things that came up. But it was less so than if I didn't do that. And it was like... I was able to get to that, like, sense where you start crying and you, you start, like, 
getting high off the meditation and then you're just like chilling. Granted, I haven't meditated today, but I fuck you, but your ass, I journaled. Ran out of journal space. Wrote about family. Um, and I wrote about this girl. She reminded me of my, uh, what, like a future version of my sister. I won't throw too much shade on that. But, uh, the girl herself was very interesting. She was, I was, at, was at one of my friend's parties. I'd never met her before. Uh, she comes in and she's talking faster than me. You know, I'm a talker. You know, I'm a talker. I'm like, you know, I'll be like that. And people will be like, oh, that's entertaining until you're my friend. And then you got to deal with that all the fucking time. Uh, but she was gone. And I was like, you know, praise her soul. She's talking like a motherfucker. I need to talk, you know? Um, and she was nice. Uh, and then she came over and she was like, feel like jiggling beers, like, like beers that looked like people had finished. They weren't cold anymore. Uh, like half drunk or at least a third drunk. And she was like, like feeling them for any liquid. And then she was like drinking them. I was like, what the fuck is that yours? And she's like, no, I like going around, um, and you know, drinking other people's stuff. And I'm like, man, I felt real bad for this girl. Like, girl, you need to get some standards for yourself. But she was going around feeling them. And then I told her, you know, it's, we just got out of COVID barely. We're still in this shit. And even without COVID, I would still not do that. Like, you know what backwash is? I told her. She says, so what? I, she's like, I like I like it. It saves, you know, it saves uh, beer. I'm like, well, that's, that's nice, you know. Y you know, what you're doing is both equally conservative because you're using all your resources and maximizing them and liberal because you're saving and re reusing and recycling that beer so that it's not wasted, you know? So good on you. I was like, good job. But then, uh, but then it kept going. I felt, I felt, I don't know. I had mixed feelings about the whole night. Like we were on the balcony smoking a joint and she was telling us about how she what like, is it bad if I fuck other people that I know or have or date other people that I know are not that I am hotter than or something like that? And she's just basically saying that as an ego boost for herself. And I was like, that's kind of mean if you're just dating them because they're not as cute as you. So you can compare they can be compared to you and people think you're cute. That's kind of messed up. And I just kind of stay quiet. And then somehow we uh, we got talk talking about Adderall. I used to do Adderall as a kid. I think Adderall is like one. Um, I think it's like one chemical component away from. I think it's one chemical component away from being crack or some shit like that. And it is, uh, you know, when I did it, I was like fucking bone thin. You know, viewers will uh audio viewers will not be able to see this but i'm I'm taking my shirt off you would see my love bones because i would not eat it would give me headaches all the time like i was doing crack it was not a good time you get stomach aches but you wouldn't be hungry as it, it was horrible it's like inverse anorexia
I just thought about that. I don't know. It was like being anorexic, but uh, I was not making the choice, I guess. I don't know. I probably shouldn't say that. I'll get an A-N-A-D. Um, but um, it made me thin, bone dry like a ghoul from Fallout. Not fun. And then I weaned myself off of that shit and got better grades because I was kind of stupid when I wasn't doing it. And I'm kind of stupid now, but I'm not like that crackhead shit. Uh, back to the point, though. But we, were t- we ended up talking about... Adderall, I mentioned it was basically crack, and this girl's like, oh, I sell that. I'm a drug dealer. I was like, oh my god. I had met a girl I'd gone on a date with. She also wanted to be a drug dealer like that, and now I met, like, the incarnation of that, the sequel, and she was just like, that's how I pay for college, and I'm like, you know, at least she's not stripping or prostituting, but still, it's like, goddamn, and I felt bad. I'm like, where are this girl's standards? She's drinking people's, like, half-drunk beers, and she's dating weirdos and I shouldn't say that's mean now I'm being mean dating people that are objectively not as attractive as her she was saying something and then she's selling crack so it was weird it was a weird night and it put a lot of stuff in perspective for me and I journaled about that so we go we tied that shit back I don't even I was afraid I wasn't gonna fucking pull that out of my ass but we uh Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll say we, I, or you. I, I even wrote a thing because it gave me anxiety of like, how am I preferring how, to myself? I, you, me, whatever, Matt. Oh, no, shouldn't say that. I'm trying to keep an identity, but it's probably blown at this point. But, uh, yeah, journaling has been good. Now, I'm a talker, and it's good to write these down because then I'm a writer also. I become a writer by extension. But it's whatever keeps you sane. If you need to talk all the time, a therapist, I'm looking for one. Uh, we'd like to see one in person. But it's all a process of living. And you always got to check yourself. Because peri- peri- not always, but periodically, you got to check yourself. Sometimes people will check yourself for you and say, you're too much right now, man. And that's that's an honest thing, and it's appreciative, you know. It's good to have those instances where you are put not in put in, you're checked. And you realize where things are. And it's always good to kind of have that. And it's, it's best when you can do it self-inflection-wise. I've been doing this by a fireplace, which is kind of burn shit. Um, pretty fun. I'll get like a bunch. I've been burning a bunch of papers, school shit, old notebooks, just to be like moving on. Don't need to hold on to this stuff anymore. I, I've been going through them, though. Not just like burning them carte blanche. I've been going through these old... Um, notebooks I've just like journaled in for a couple years they're empty they sat in a, a, a plastic bin that I've never looked at and it kind of gave me like overwhelming anxiety of thinking oh my god I gotta go through these things one day or if I don't I'm gonna die and my kids will they'll just get thrown out nothing happens uh, so I decided as motivation for myself to go through these things and I found some crazy shit you know I found stuff from a breakup I found stuff from like bad family stuff and good family stuff as well and uh, the highs and lows of life, uh, I found, like, funny shit, like, a script I wrote, ooh, I found, like, I found, like, a, a piece of paper that wrote, like, I got rejected from this college I just graduated from, I ended up getting in, but the year I didn't get, I got rejected or waitlisted, I put, I'm just gonna apply next year, I'm gonna get in, and that, that uplifted me, I was like, that's very nice, oh my, like, that's, that was, I can't believe I had those balls to just be like, I called my shot, basically. But then that was immediately followed by, like, 
man, life sucks. People are moving on. Like I was like, but there's highs and lows, you know? And you put yourself in perspective. You look at where your trail comes from and you see kind of how you've become the person you've become, pretty much. But I got inspired by an Andrew Santino, Mac, Mac uh, Marin podcast where they just talked about burning that shit. Some stuff I feel that I shouldn't have burned because I didn't really process as much like more recent journals. But there was a lot of therapy and re- releasing it. I've been burning old books too from like school that I'm like, oh, I'll keep these up here as props so I look intellectual. I'll never read those though, you know. Again, or touch them. Just a couple though. But just processing these things and Maybe it's me dealing with my post-graduation depression, uh, you know, whatever, and figuring things out. But it's been it's been helpful, and I just like burning things too. Burning things is nice. Burning things is fun. Like I like burning wood. I like burning paper. I like burning cardboard. I like burning dead trees. It's fun. Ugh. That's just more of the more recent stuff. Staying busy. Post-graduation, I, I never thought I'd reach this. It's always felt like a uh, a distant memory. Or a distant like thing that wouldn't happen. But it, it happened, you know? Who, who thought or who knew a white person would graduate from college? You know? Especially me. Because I, 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 I didn't think I'd even go to college. I wanted to go to film school. Um, mostly because I like the, the, for profit film schools, I knew for, I I would always ask when I would go on tours, do you make people take Spanish? And they're like, no. I was like, hell yeah. Don't have to take Spanish. And that was my motivator, uh, to go to film school. I didn't have to take Spanish. I liked movies also. Uh, but a big thing was not having to take Spanish because I knew I'd fail at it. Even when I didn't have to take it. Uh, so the school I gone to is UCLA. Look at the, the little bear freaky thing to my uh, my left camera right, I guess. Um, they had some transfer thing where my high school shit counted, but I still wanted to test myself, even though the the credits were like, oh, you're good for Spanish, you don't have to take it again. I wanted to take Spanish again, and God, oh fucking God, it was horrible. I fucking I got a C in it, you know, and this was me just trying to try. I wasn't being forced. I got a C in it, and I did so bad in it that, like, I did not want to get a D and fuck things up that I put it at the end of my final paper. I wrote at the end, uh, Senorita or Senora, thank you for so much for this. Um, I thank you so much. Thank you for the time. I was just trying to guilt trip her and be like, oh, he's a nice kid. I'll give him a good score. I don't know. But, god damn, that Spanish shit fucked me up. I've been trying to learn, I haven't been, I know some Korean, I'm a little, I'm part Korean, my grandma's Korean, uh, and I've been thinking I want to learn Korean, you know, like, Hajima, it's like, Shiba, my Janji, uh, um, Onyeseo, I don't know, Go Yohan Bam, I don't know, I have a really bad accent, uh, I grew up white, uh, but am still Asian, uh, uh, grew up in Orange County, though. We got a lot of white people. We got a lot of Asian people. A lot of Korean people. Biggest Korean population outside of Korea. Shout out, uh, Koreas. Uh, and of all this stuff, 
uh, of my Korean heritage. I just got back in touch with my Korean grandma. Uh, apparently stealing money uh, from them is not a nice thing to do. And I learned that. Uh, but we just got back in touch. And she'll just, like, text me random shit still, like, uh, oh, here's this funny video from the 70s, or here's this, or she'll send me Jesus shit. Uh, she's been trying to convince me to become a, a, a Jesus, a Jesus fight. Uh, I told her, Grandma, I, I don't believe in God, but I appreciate you sending these things. And she said, Matthew, it's in broken English, but we'll, you know, we'll save face here. Matthew, I love you. And I know you don't believe in God. And that is why I pray for you, because I know you go to hell. I was like, oh, damn, thanks, Grandma. Um, never in my life, though, have I been to Korea. I've been wanting to go. It looks nice. Um, I, I, sent, I was, uh, so over this past weekend, I was at a club, and they played Gangnam Style, and I was just like, oh, my God, I forgot this was a thing. But I was, like, fucked up, so I couldn't dance to it. Uh, and Grandma, uh, I thought about Grandma but when they played this, because she's Korean. I wonder if she liked it. So I sent her a link. I said, Grandma, do you like Gangnam Style? And immediately she said, do you want to come to Korea? Because I would like to bring you here now. I was like, oh my god. And just to Gangnam Style. So I think that makes me really Korean. But it was, it was nice. It was nice connecting with that part of my heritage. It's weird, though, because... I recently, I did a bit, a stand-up bit. It was not the best bit. Don't cancel me. Uh, I I did her, uh, I did an impersonation of my grandma. And it did not go over the, the best. First of all, I was zooming it, so that's bad. Uh, didn't really get a good feedback on, it felt weird on a phone, first of all. But also, I, uh, oh yeah, so phone. Uh, and I did, I did an uh, impersonation of my grandma. Which I won't do here because people will probably get mad at me. Uh, and I don't think it went well. I think some people thought I was racist. A um, bunch of white people, mostly. Uh, and it was, you know, a weird scenario. And it made me realize something. Despite being Asian, I do not appear it. And that is the biggest thing. Because I don't got people calling me names. I don't got the Asian stereotypes. I just got the white thing. You know? Good old white boy. Um... So it kind of put me in my place a bit, and I understood my role. But there's a lot of anguish in that, though, being white and not looking it. Because you still try to fit in with uh, Asian people, especially Korean people. Uh, in Orange County, there was a lot of uh, Korean people here that I went to school with. Uh, like, the whole gate class, which is like the honors class in elementary school, is like mostly Korean kids. Um, and if you uh, And the rest of the classes were like white kids and other races. Uh, and by the time of middle school, like I was like still hanging out with some Korean kids. We're having fun. Uh, but then segregation stuff, weird racist things start happening. Like, um, I don't know. There's this one friend of mine that told me that he was hanging out with this Korean kid. He was friends with the middle school. And this Korean kid would never let him come over to his house. But the inverse would always happen. This Korean kid would always come over to my friend's house. You know, prom. But then my friend, my white friend asked, uh, can I come over uh, to your house? And then this Korean kid said, and I'm only saying it because this is the kicker. My dad, his, he said, is my dad does not like white people, so you can't come over. 
I was like, God damn. And I sense this racism because even though mostly what I do understand the, the racism within Asia, I've been to Taiwan, not Korea though. And there's a hell of a lot of Asian racism, you know, especially like the Philippines. It's like the same thing around the world where it's like the darker skinned people are usually pushed more to the sidelines and it's, it's, it's racism. You can't escape it. Um, but being the white kid, I am saved from a little of it. I'm more so the perpetrator. Um, I should say my race. Uh, but it is a touchy subject. But yes, my friend was like, holy shit. And I totally get it too, because white people suck. You know, white people made, you know, well, I shouldn't say made, but like, I mean, the shit with the, the railroad with a lot of all those Chinese people, like that shit, you know, it's pretty bad. There are people getting fucking attacked and killed and that shit. Um, racism, little, little like uh, strikes. You look at Pearl Harbor, the Japanese internment camps. Uh, we had our little flavor of the month with pri with uh, uh, Asian month or whatever, uh, May or whatever. And it was, you know, it's, it's celebratory, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. White people, you know, you shitty to, to one race or a group of people. And, and then they put up borders and they don't want you to fuck with them. So I get that. It's like, if you're Asian coming, coming over to America and white people are being racist to you, it's the same shouldn't do the right thing. You know, you got to deal with this, a lot of different bullshit. So, of course, white people suck. And it sucks that white people have had such that impact. And being white and Asian is weird. My mom, she's half. I'm quapa. I'm, I'm, I'm sector racial, though, bro. But she had to deal with shit. Like, it was like neither. She was neither uh, too white. She was neither white enough or Asian enough for most people, like, so she just got, you know, fucked on, and people would be like, oh, Hapa people are hot, or it's like, they're like different, and it's like, yes, you may objectify them in that way, but still there's a struggle there, and you don't fit in uh, in certain places, and it deals with different races, you could be black, it's the same thing, there's different sectors of raci racism that deal with lightness and hue of your skin color, white people, it doesn't really matter, because white people are all the same now, but it's strange, but where I started from this talking about this bit I did, it put me in my place. I, talk, I talked to some of my Asian friends, uh, and I realized my privilege. I checked it. You know, I checked it. I cashed it. Um, I realized it, but it also made me feel a little weird with white people. I'm like, man, white people are really sensitive about things, even myself being partly minority it was a weird experience having mostly the white people be offended by it but you know white people be white people you know white people got all the power white people got got all the sorry there's a tongue slip white people got all the power um yeah that was a bit of a tirade but i am still drinking tea it's not hot it's lukewarm tea um Oh yeah, just staying busy. I don't. I had a surreal, surreal experience recently. I had a voice. It was at this voice acting um, class online for the Groundlings. Shout out. Um, and I showed up, just kind of figure out 
because I can do silly voices. I can do a couple. I'll do some, for example. This is my, uh, this is a voice I I, I was going to do for a uh, little narrative podcast we've been writing. This is uh, Terry. Joshy boy, what's going on, Joshy boy? Ooh, you stuck in the pop funko, Joshy boy, what's going on? That's the hottest commodity. What are you doing? That's uh, Terry. That's the voice I call Terry. I can also do blackface with my voice. This is Louis Armstrong. You know, that's my black voice. I can do Lil Wayne. I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. Um, Body like tomorrow is my funeral. Got to stop mixing alcohol with pharmaceuticals. Uh, I can also do, uh, hold on, what's going on, guys? I can, I, so I have this, not to show off, but I have these these things. So I was like, how can I apply that? Because I'm a bumfuck college graduate that needs to start making money before I get kicked out of my parents' house. Don't cancel me for some of those. But um, I show up. I do a, a line reading because he, he wanted to show us. Because when you do voice acting... It is not just, you know, hey, I'm going to do the voice. Even in how I did things, they could be heightened. I'm an amateur. Because it's it's like theater acting. If you're going to do Lil Wayne, you got to act like Lil Wayne. Be like, body like tomorrow is my funeral. And if you, you didn't see it, but I was starting dancing there. And that makes it so you get a little more into the character, and that allows you to accentuate it more. It's like when they make an animated thing, if you talk regular, like if you want regular Lil Wayne, it's like, and you just get them, it's probably not going to be that entertaining because when you make an animated thing, it needs to be like theater where it's like, boo, 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 squish, squash, stretch, you know? Shit's going out of control. So if you start dancing, maybe move your vocal cords around it with it. Like, body like tomorrow is my funeral. You get into it more. And that works with the, uh, that really helps the animators too because it accentuates what they'll be drawing rather than being like, body like tomorrow is my, like, that's fun. That could be music, um, but it's, uh, you know, there's a lot to it. When you do these things, you need to be acting. So I did my first line reading. They had us read different type of shit, and I read one that was kind of like about, like an ad. I didn't really get it. It's like, when you, uh, you, you, uh, you struggle, you strife, you do this, but they never do that. I... I just couldn't do it, especially in front of a bunch of Zoom things. The thing that really got me was the guy said, like, smile. Like, I, and I can't smile. I can't, sorry. Um, I can't smile, like, on command. Like, cheese. Like, in a group, like, right now, I'm a smile. Cheese. But I feel so disingenuous and silly doing it. And I, I got to do the cheese shit. I got to, like, it's instinctual for me. Cause I just can't do it. Like I, I'll, I'll giggle a little sometimes, but you want me to do a smile like on command? That's fucking hard. So I fucked that up. He said, "Think of someone." So I thought of my dad, and I was like, "Shit, I can't smile in front of that motherfucker." So then, that really fucked it up. And the guy was just like, "Hey, eh, you didn't do it." Like it was like SMH type shit. So then the then we did another one. I did like a fucking like army guys like Sarge. We need to we need to get out of here right now. There's a we're being ambushed. Send emergency now. And he liked that, but he was still like, look, you're not you're not pushing it. 
you're doing it like for on screen. You're doing it on screen level, and on screen is different than voiceover because the voiceover is theatrical, and you need to be popping more so, like someone in the Pantages could see could hear you from the back. I was like, oh well, but he said you have a charm. You would actually be decent for on camera stuff, and I was like, oh that's nice because I don't do that type of shit. I'm a movie kid. I'm a like a I'm a I'm one of those fuckers that's like uh, uh, putting the camera on shit, you know. Um, but then I did a third one and I got it. The first reading, he was like, oh, that's good, but you could have done it better. He asked me to do it like, talk like, what's going on, guys? What's going on? What's going on, guys? We're going out and we're going to like, we're going to like, thank you for being on K-Egg. We are just so excited to be out here with you. You, We are going to national. Congratulations, everybody. We're doing it. Congratulations. I did something like that. Probably not as good. He loved it, and he just said, you've got it. And it made me feel real good about myself. And I thought I was, like, faded as fuck. But I wasn't. He was smoking, he wasn't, but he, and he said he wasn't blowing up smoke up my ass. He was being honest. He was just smoking um, a cigarette. But it was nice. It was, it, it made me, it, it felt good. You know, it's nice to have those things. And I realized that there's a lot to try. I don't even know what the tangent started on this shit. I'm sorry, people. Let's talk about my date. But I almost missed his class, too. When I was at one of my friend's parties, I had to, like, zoom back home so I could zoom. Um, but it was really nice, and it was good to kind of get that kind of focus on the industry of entertainment. To be like, these are things you can do. These are things you can do, folks. Did you know you can do these things? I didn't know you could do that thing. Well, you can do that thing. Try it. And it's helpful. Because I've been really depressed reading this book called The Hollywood Assistance Handbook. I'm doing internships, really not liking a lot of them because they're like, I like making little silly movies like Nathan for You, John Wilson type. But God above, I felt like the assistant work. I like editing, but I don't like editing other people's shit, you know? I like doing things. What If it's not for me, I don't like it, you know? And this assistance handbook is like for the next step because I'm doing internships for producers and shit, reading coverage, being someone's little bitch. And... I understand the importance of it because the industry is built upon this. But then the next level to be an assistant, the book's so sad. It's like your boss will throw staplers at you. You like you will have to sit in on their calls and you like you'll have fake people, it's Hollywood, uh, ask you for info and mate backstab you with that. You know, you always be on call, always checking your email. And this is shit that already stresses me out trying to adapt to it. And it's just so fucking like spirit breaking and sad like i talked with a girl that i met you know networking through stuff like this we just talked about shit like it's so horrible like i had a horrible boss once he left fucking dick pics on my goddamn adobe account like this is the type of shit he, he said i'd die in the jungle and shit call me passive aggressive you deal with shit like this and i'm like oh god that shit i experienced the guy leaving dick pics on my computer god damn it like that shit happens regularly and I'm a dude, and I hate to be a woman dealing with that shit. And I'm white, so it's a little easier. But, oh god, it's just such a, I, I'm still reading, I'm only like halfway through. But it's still like, oh, this is the shit I guess you have to do. It's training for the industry. But it's nice to know that I'm sowing the seeds. I don't have to do that one fucking thing. It's nice to know. Hope, here's hoping. But I'm going to try to hustle. going to try to be silly. I saw my first stand-up show a couple weeks ago. It was 
like watching a movie, you know? So crazy. Like, I didn't know who any of the people were doing it. It wasn't even open mic. It was a show. And it was like watching a movie. The lights on them, they're engaging with the audience. It was like watching a special. It was no shit. That's what it's trying to capture, too. But it was so amazing. I, I felt that experience of a stand-up. Because I've only done it through Zoom. Never in person. And I learned so much. And even, like, the shit that's not, like, the funniest thing ever, it's that attitude. It's like their attitude, like, an energy about it, you know? And that's something I want to mimic, if not... I want to mimic that power, but I, you know, make my own shit, of course. I don't want to be Robin Williams. But, um... I want to, you know... I aspire to that, because my whole time just trying to do comedy shit... I've liked making movies that are comedies, because I thought dr drama people were too tryhard. But comedy's fun, because you're it's just the flip side of the coin, and you're... It's... 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 Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder to do comedy stuff. Um, it's just come easy to me to do it. In little movies, just improv it. Um, and it's just been pursuing that road. And then you see stand-up, it's like it's a whole another thing. This is like this is like the fucking big leagues now. Even if you're at an open mic, it's the big leagues now. It's just fucking like pure, raw energy. You know, and keeping people engaged, keeping people focused. It was quite amazing. I stayed till the end of the show. And this was the same day that I did my little Asian bit uh, about my grandma. And it was... Uh, just such a good experience. This, this lady, there's this like... It was weird because I, I was being a nice guy. I got there and some friend, a friend of mine showed up with some other people from the, that same comedy club. And they brought like a fourth person. There's It's a three-seat table. But I got us like a, a table, I guess. Um, so I just was doing the nice guy thing and I just kind of took an awkward seat in between this fat guy and this, this one chick and the whole mo thing, I was like awkwardly placed between this fat guy and his two fat guys and this, this chick. And then the, the chick was getting blasted. She kept looking at me like side glancing. I was not trying to look at her. And then the fat guy, like first fat guy, he was nice. We were getting drunk. Um, uh, and he would talk and then he would kind of laugh too much at some parts and make me uncomfortable and then they switched and this other guy was there and this the chick got shit-faced on the right of me and then this other guy just like tried like giving her, her his fuck like a drink and i'm like honey don't take it don't take that shit and she's like nah but this chick kept looking at me and it felt nice to be appreciated be like oh he's fun he's this guy's nice sitting next to me but man she just kept looking and i was trying to just focus on the fucking comedy show and, you know, it was, like I said, it was nice to be noticed, but it was just a weird situation. And then, um, eventually they left, um, the fat guys got called out cause they left in the middle of a set. I would just go, like, I drank two beers immediately as I got there just so I could process the thing, piss it out, drink it, be drunk for the show and drive home. Um, but so I'd get up whenever the host would come. Eventually I moved out. There's this one guy that looked like a mixture between Woody Allen, Bob Dylan, and myself. If you can imagine that. And he was just, he was funny. He had a hard time, though, admittedly. It's rough. A lot of people have been out of work. He had not been on stage for a long time, so he had to look at his phone. And, he, and then after he said he came in, he was just drunk as fuck, and he just started, like, knocking all the chairs over. It was, it was nice. I liked him. I met, I met a guy that uh, did, like, uh, shrooms or some shit. And that was his big thing. He was, like, a, a little more Joey Diaz than myself. Way more. 
talking about coke shit. And after the show, he started selling fucking shrooms and shit. And I was like, oh, damn. Uh, but it was crazy. It inspired me. And I, I've been wanting to go into open mic. I've been pussyfooting my way around it. I got to just do it, though. I got to do it for myself. I have some material. I fixed up my grandma bit about being... Because uh, the thing centered about is her being about the your, your atheist or whatever. Figure out what works. Um, but I just kind of want to start. And it's uh, it's a hustle. I just got to find a place to figure it out. Oh, go to open mics now that the world's reopening. California just reopened a couple days ago. I think yesterday. I didn't have to wear a fucking mask in the library. It's nice. It's, it's for, for, for Ing. It's like, oh, God, people are looking at me, but I don't give a fuck. Because they want to do what the fuck I'm doing, too. We don't have to kowtow to the libtards anymore. But, um... Um... Yeah, it's... It's freeing. Freeing. But, you know, um, it's been infrequent recording these. I do apologize, my audience of uh, uh, yum, that it's just been a hard, hard time in this world. But we keeping it real with you. This has been the Jimbo Slim experience. Stay strong, stay on that hustle, and keep with it because we're going. Okay. Uh, also, lastly, shout out, honest, give a shout out to black people and gay people because they have had some of the the most influence on American culture. Just kind of wanted to say that. Look at Top Gun. Look at rap culture. Um, just just kind of wanted to say that. I thought about that earlier, and I was like, damn. But keeping it real. Uh, game on, gamers. Stay, stay safe. Uh, good night.